Well, good morning. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries. My name is Dwayne Spearman. Today is June the 14th. This is a teaching ministry that is called to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Uh, last time we left off in session 23, we got down through chapter number 5 and uh, verse number 13. Uh, so here, Paul, in chapter number five, is doing the practical. He says, we're to be there for followers of God as dear children, walking in love. We need to avoid all of these sins, uh, foolish jesting, uh, things that aren't convenient. We, know, we don't need to be, um, you know, no whoremonger, unclean person, or covetous man, or idolater, whoever inherit will have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of his God. Don't let anybody deceive you. Do not be partakers with them. Uh, for you were sometimes in darkness, but now ye are light in the, Lord, in the Lord. Walk as children of light. But through the Spirit, which he's going to talk about when we get down into verse 22, and by so doing, we prove what is acceptable unto the Lord. Uh, we don't need to have any fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather we need to reprove them. In other words, our lives should be such that it is an open rebuke to them, uh, for it is a shame even to speak of the things that are done by those guys in the dark. Uh, but, all things are but all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And you remember last time we talked about that, the things that are reproved are the works of darkness that he mentions in verses 8 through 12. And the light is whatever is used to manifest that. So you need to be the light. You and I need to be the light. We need to be used to manifest that. And then he says in verse number 14, Wherefore he saith, in other words, in lieu of everything I've just said, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give thee light. So, interestingly, um, wherefore he saith, who saith, uh, who said that? Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ will give thee light. Well, apparently, from what we can get from the context, the Lord said it. Um and again, I mean, the Lord said a lot of things, I am sure, in his earthly life that was not recorded in the text of Scripture. So this must be something that Paul received by revelation, because nothing is said of it in the Old Testament anywhere in the Bible that I can find. It seems to be an encouragement to one who is spiritually asleep. So regardless of who said it, I mean, he's quoting somebody, uh, he says, you know, if you're spiritually asleep, if you're not paying heed to the things that I'm sharing with you right now, uh, you need to wake up. You need to wake up. And he says in verse number 15, see then that ye walk circumspectfully, not as fools, but as wise. So he gives an encouragement for them to walk carefully. That word circumspectfully is carefully in wisdom and not foolish. -ness. The idea here is uh, we need to wake up. You remember he just talked about how that we're to reprove them. Uh, we are the light that the Lord uses to reprove them that are walking in that way. 
So we need to be wait, we need to wake up and we need to take special pains to carefully walk in wisdom, not in foolishness, and guard against uh, the sins that he just mentioned above. Um, and then he goes on and says, redeeming the time. Literally, that means to rescue our time. Don't waste your time because the days are evil. The days are evil. There are, there are too many temptations around us every day to do the opposite. So he says we need to wake up from our slumber. We need to uh, redeem the time. You know, Time is the only thing we can't get back. You cannot get your time back. And time, I, you know, I mean, I remember being young, and now I'm, you know, I'm 56. Uh, where did the time go? I can't get it back. We need to redeem the time. We need to rescue our time. We need to not waste our time. And the only way to do that is to realize what we're here for. The days are evil. We are to make the most of the time that we have and not squander it. And that's what Paul is getting at there. Don't squander the time that the Lord has given to us. Wherefore, you know, in lieu of what I just said, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. That wherefore there, on account of this, that we need to redeem the time, we can't get, get it back, we don't need to squander it. On account of this, don't be unwise, um, but understand what the will of the Lord is. In other words, he is still adding on from the previous verses about time and evil. In other words, wise up and see what the Lord is doing around us and not become distracted. And we do that. My goodness, we do that. I mean, just think of the amount of time we waste every day doing things that are just totally non-productive, like scanning our phones or, you know, wasting valuable time doing nothing. He says, don't be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Um, in other words, when he says what the will of the Lord is, the will of the Lord is that you not squander your time. <laughs> the, the will of the Lord is redeem your time because the Lord that because the, the, the time is short. The will of the Lord is that you walk circumspectfully, not as fools. That's what the will of the Lord is. The will of the Lord is that you wake up and arise from the dead and let Christ give you light. You know, the will of the Lord is reprove, be the light that reproves the world around you. You know, I hear people all the time say, I don't know what the will of the Lord is for my life. Well, it's pretty simple. He just said it right there. <laughs> I mean, if we would do that, I know the rest of it would fall into place. I know that the rest of it would fall into place. I've witnessed it. So in, on account of this, don't be unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is for you. And he says, and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Uh, again, he's talking about how our time, how we can't, we shouldn't squander it. And one of the ways we don't squander it is being drunk with wine, but instead be filled with the Spirit. In other words, that be not drunk with wine. That drunkenness should be avoided. It's a wasteful endeavor. It serves no purpose. It's not redeeming the time. 
But instead, we'd be far better off if we were filled with the Spirit. Um, and again, drunkenness goes against, um, you know, uh, to be drunk goes against verse 15. What is verse 15? Walking circumspectfully. How can you walk carefully when you're drunk? <laughs> A drunk is anything but someone that's careful. You know, they're absolute morons for the most part. Um, you know, and, and the Bible speaks about being drunk with wine. In Galatians 5.21, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which. See, they're envyings, murders, drunkenness, and revelings, which I tell you before, I've also told you in time past, that they that do, do those things habitually will not inherit the kingdom of God. Because you're obviously not chasing after the things of God, you're chasing after the things of the flesh. In Proverbs 20, in verse number one, he says, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. That's not redeeming the time to waste our, our time with that. In Proverbs 23, um, Proverbs 23. I don't have a verse there, 23, I guess it's 29. Who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath contentions, who hath babbling, who hath hands without cause? In other words, they, they are wounds without cause. Who hath redness of eyes, they that tarry long at the wine. They that go to seek mixed wine. Look not thou upon the wine when it is red, when it giveth its color in the cup, when it moveth itself aright. At the last it biteth like a serpent and stingeth like an adder. Thine eyes shall behold strange women, and thine heart shall utter perverse things. So this is what, what Paul is saying here. Be not unwise. Understand what the Lord is. Redeem the time by not being drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's the way we should be using our time. In verse 19, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in the heart in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So notice on the tale of be filled with the Holy Spirit, what's going to happen when you're filled with the Holy Spirit? You're going to speak to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Being filled with the Spirit results in a desire to worship God. When you're redeeming the time, you're focusing on the things of God, the, 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 the reaction is going to be a desire to worship God. The response, seeing, making melody in your hearts to the Lord. And, I, and I've had people break these down, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Even I used to say, you know, a psalm is, you know, literally from the book of the Psalms, which I always compared to little choruses. Choruses were, you know, were out of the Psalms. Uh, hymns, obviously, verses and choruses. Spiritual songs is just, I would consider it to be like special music or something. But, but either way, I mean, the point is that if you are filled with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a desire to worship God. And music is pivotal in worship. 
It's not the center of worship. The center of worship is the teaching of the Word of God. And most churches have this completely backward. I mean, they spend 35, 40, 50 minutes on on music and entertainment, and then, you know, the pastor gets up and does a sermonette for 15, 20 minutes, which is really more um, life coaching than it is anything else. That's backward. <laughs> That's not the way. The Word of God should be the center of what's going on. Worship, sure. Music is a part of that. Worship is not only music, but it's studying the Bible. It's fellowshipping with one another. It's behaving like you should around each other. Um, so when we do that, we're gonna, it's going to result in a desire, desire to worship, singing, making melody in your heart to the Lord. The resulting worship will come from the heart because the heart is in the right place. It's where, the, where it needs to be. And when a heart is where it needs to be, this is how it will respond. Giving thanks always. It will result in an attitude of thanks. Um, You know, the old saying, God has never stopped being gracious. We have just stopped being thankful. And why have we stopped being thankful? Because we're focused on the wrong things. Um. There's a difference, I used to say, between happiness and joy. Happiness is contingent upon external circumstances. Joy is dependent on internal circumstances. I might not, you might, you might, I might not be happy, but I can still be joyful. (laughs) You know what I mean? Uh, Never give your joy away. Um, And then he says, finally, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now Paul says something that is very controversial because he's getting ready to go into that that text. In our society, nobody likes submission. Um, Very controversial in our society, especially on this side of the pond, a very individualistic culture that we have in the United States. We pull our own selves up. We pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. You know, we just don't need anybody. We're, we're not a collective society. We're a very individualistic society, which is a strength, but it's also a weakness. Um, we balk at the idea of submission in our culture. Uh, we don't even like yielding, uh, yielding for traffic. <laughs> I mean, we just, uh, the word submit is a dirty word in our culture. Uh, But the word just means to accept or to yield to a superior force or authority. You know, it's just like when you're merging. Here in Lynchburg, oh, we have some pretty short feeders going on to our expressways. You know, some of them you can just get into a merge lane and you can accelerate and get in at the proper speed. Uh, so if they're going 55, 60, and you're trying to merge, ideally you need time to get up to that speed limit to merge in. But we have a lot of them where it's just a stop sign, and they're flying by at 60 miles an hour, and you're going to have to put your pedal to the metal, which is crazy. I don't know who thought of that, to get on. And that's why we, ju- we just have these high accident areas in Lynchburg, 
because we have all these college kids that come in with their brand new Mustangs or whatever. They don't know how to drive them. I remember one time my son was driving across the campus of Liberty and there was a, a Mustang 5.0 just right there in the middle of the road. He stops. There's a kid in there. Literally, I kid you not, his parents had the car delivered to him his freshman year. It was a stick. He had absolutely no idea how to drive it. <laughs> so, you know, that's a anti-theft device these days. So my son pulls over, gets in the car, asks him to scoot over, gets him off the road, and then gives him a driving lesson, <laughs> how to drive the car. These kids don't know how to drive, so they're constantly slamming into each other and doing crazy things. Um, but submit just means to accept, to yield to a superior force. If they're going 60 and you're at zero, it would probably be wise for you to accept or yield <laughs> to the faster vehicles. Um, it's called deference. You know, that's an old word, deference. Deference refers to a certain amount of respect or esteem that we give to other people. And that's what Paul is talking about here. Um, our culture is quite honestly not very good at this today. Uh, we are an arrogant culture. Um, you gotta you gotta live outside the United States to understand just how loud and entitled we can be. Um, you know, I've lived abroad for years as missionaries, church planters, teachers in the military and watched Americans behave in public. And it's quite embarrassing because, you know, they think that the world should stop and cater to them because that's what they're used to. You know, they're used to, can I, can I speak to the manager? <laughs> you know, um, you know in, our, in our society, customer service is king. You know, we, we cater to whims. Um, way too often, to be honest with you. We can return anything we want, no questions asked. You know, buy it, take it home, use it, take it back to Walmart, throw it on the desk, no tags, no receipt, they take it. Try that someplace else and see how that flies. <laughs> so that entitlement just transfers over into everything that we do. Big, loudmouth Americans is uh, what we are called. And you witness them at customs. You witness them at the airport. You witness them on the street. I mean, it's just so much entitlement that we carry around. And we don't know what submit means. We don't like deference. We're used to getting our way. And he's going to continue to build on this, this principle throughout chapter number six. But before he gets there, yeah, you can see that. Why submit? You know, that's where he's going. But he reminds them, you need to learn how to do this in the fear of the Lord. Uh, one commentator puts it this way. A believer's continual reverence for God is the basis for his submission to other believers. That's heavy. A believer's continual reverence for God is the basis for his submission to others. 
So the bottom line is, if we do not have a reverence for God, do you think we're going to submit to others? <laughs> no, no, we're not. We have enough, I mean, Paul here is addressing believers in the church. I mean, if you think we got a problem with this, what do you think about the, the world? <laughs> the unbelievers, they don't have a clue what this is. You know, the writer of Proverbs 9, 10 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. I used to read that before each and every class when I taught. If there's no fear of the Lord, there's not going to be any wisdom. You can rack that up. That's where our society is today. Bunch of idiots running around because we don't fear God. We have no reverence for God, let alone any reverence or deference or submission to each other. Um, it's a dog-eat-dog world because we ignore this. So we got down through uh, verse number 21. Next time we'll pick up right here in verse number 22. So God bless you guys. Hope you have a great day. Remember that God loves you. He wants the best for you. He's working all things out for our good.